What's up, everybody? Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Uh, welcome back to the new year, man. It's January. We are ready to go. We are fired up about it. You should check us out. You should watch all the old episodes, investingcannabis.tv. We're making a big mass roots push right now. Check us out over there. Instagram, at CannabisPod. Twitter, at CannabisPod. Okay, enough plugs. Uh, so <laughs> we've talked many, many times on this show that there's really two ways to invest, right? You can touch the plant or you could not touch the plant. And there's a very clear line in the industry right now of who will invest in what. Uh, and one of the most obvious segments in the non-touching the plant is any kind of accessory, right? So we're talking about any kind of glassware, any kind of pipe, anything that helps you consume the cannabis, right? Along the same lines are grinders. And you might think to yourself, well, yeah, I have a grinder. Like, how are we going to make that any better? You know what I mean? It, it grinds up the weed. It collects my keef. It does what I need it to do. Uh, well, you would be very wrong, my friend. <laughs> we have a company on the show today called Grail Grinder. My friend Josh here. What's up, man? How are All right. you? Good Thanks to see you. Thanks for being on. Glad to be here. So tell us, what's Grail Grinder? So the Grail. Uh, the Grail. Excuse me. It's okay. Don't so forget the The. The. Uh, it's like the youth. So the grail, spelled G-R-A-L-E, I essentially just combined two words, grinder and scale, to make it as easy as I possibly could for people to understand when they see it. Got it. So essentially, you know, I came up with the idea when I was 19 years old, smoking a blunt in my parents' bathroom, you know, humble beginnings as we all, all yep. had at some point. I was fascinated like with- Like wait for the steam to turn on. Exactly, right? like, the shower's at the right temperature, the shampoo's placed and prepped and ready. Yep. Vapor coming up. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I was always fascinated with how much it took me to get high and how much, I need, and how much it cost me to get high. Mm -hmm. So essentially, I would start out with my buddies and we'd get the grand bag from our buddy, break it all up into a big blunt, everyone gets high as shit, great. Mm -hmm. I was really fascinated with how much do you really need to get to that elevated level yep. that we're so, so desiring. So I took that grand bag, made it 0.8, twisted it up, everyone smoked it, everyone got just as baked, made it 0.6. And much to my friend's surprise, I would ask them, how much do you think we just consumed? They would say a gram, 0 0.9, 1.1. .1. They would not believe me when I said that we had only smoked just over a half gram because everyone was as elevated mm. as we had always desired mm. and always gotten to. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of when the wheels started turning, so to speak, when, you know, hey, like maybe this is kind of an idea. And I figured there has to be a grinder scale in the market. There's got, you know, this is too simple, right, slap right, two right, things right. together, yeah. you got a grinder scale. Somebody else had to have that idea, Had to right? do it. Yeah. And sure enough, after an extensive Google search, which we know how scientific that is, yeah. um, nothing came up. So I then talked to a lawyer to see if I could protect this idea in some way and for him to do a legitimate search to see if there's anything out there. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing. So we oh. kind of, you know, when I was 19, we kind of started slowly with the wheels and, you know, found an engineer. And, you know, six years later, we're here now and almost seven years. And we've got the grail, you know, in the flesh. Got it. So... You're smoking a blunt with your friends, and you have a stoner idea. That's pretty much what we're talking about. Essentially, right here. I've always had this one that like I want my phone to also be a lighter. <laughs> or like you know what I mean? <laughs> the stupid idea. Simple, but what but I love about this story is that you went and you did it. Seven years or not seven years, sure. we have here the Grail Grinder. So let's just like play with it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so essentially, it operates like a standard grinder. You got your top teeth, your bottom teeth. Yep. What you can do is click the on-off button to illuminate the scale. Okay. So it kind of operates like each of them would individually to start yep. to make it as easy to use as possible. You put your material. You you know, yeah, we got we got a little cannabis legit. here. We've got some uh, Dutch treat over here. Dutch treat. Nothing but the finest. 
appreciate it. Courtesy of investing in cannabis. Where, appreciate it, guys. Where's this from? Let's let's give a yeah, shout give a out shout. Yeah, give a shout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from the Apothecarium. Shout out Apothecarium. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, that was delivered through Onfleet because the Apothecarium is our customer. So there you go. Much, much appreciated, Onfleet. And keep Apothecary. it in the family for yeah, sure. Keep it in the family. So we've got a beautiful strain of cannabis here. Yeah. You load it in as you normally would. You just apply the top teeth. And what's cool is that it'll bounce once, revert back to zero. And as I grind, I wish we could get a close up here, it weighs simultaneously. And what's cool is that it literally is a singer, single finger action here. Uh -huh. So, you know, your medicating grandmothers and recreational users alike can use it with ease. Yes. So at this point. So if you are consuming cannabis to alleviate your arthritis, you now no longer have the problem of grinding and You don't have to no elbow grease involved. This is as okay. simple and smooth as a possible grinder could be. Got so it. like I said, frictionless motion. Yep. Yeah, you give it the standard couple taps to make sure it's all down. Yep. So right now we've got, you know, it says 1.3. So it's beautiful. So now at this point, you have the option to unscrew as you normally would to pinch the material out. Yeah. Or I've added what we call easy roll capability. Mm. So the side door opens up and you know, we'll- Easy mm, roll capability. Correct. Okay. So we'll keep it clean here, yep. but you can simply just pour it directly out. Just like that. Very nice. Very nice. Or of course you could just reach in there. You right? could reach in as well. Now, as, if someone wanted you. to be even more accurate, they could open up the large door right here. Okay. And extract the whole, I call it the reservoir tray. Okay. So you can take the whole reservoir tray out. And if you want to pour into a Pax vaporizer or a water pipe, for example, yeah. simple tap, tap motion. We've made the spout almost the perfect size for all those applications. Okay. So we try to make it. You really thought through this. I try, you know, yeah. seven years, I had to think of everything, man. <laughs> I mean, or, oh, I don't want to say everything, almost everything. Almost everything. Because there's yeah. always something to improve upon. Yeah. Um, but essentially, I really tried to take the grinder and the scale, you know, as two separate processes and just streamline them. There's yeah. no reason why we can't go without unscrewing, pinching, losing some on the way. Not to mention the whole weighing aspect, because mm -hmm. you know I want to know, like I said, how much I'm consuming. This is a psychoactive substance, yeah. and I, I compare it to alcohol in the sense that, you know, unless I'm having a really bad day and I don't really have days like this ever, you know, I'm not swigging from the bottle. Yeah, you've got a shot glass, a pint glass, a glass of, you know, a wine glass to understand how much you're going to get inebriated. Yeah, I mean it's a fun product, but it has serious ramifications, right? I mean Definitely. if you truly do consume cannabis for medicinal purposes, the dosage that you consume is incredibly important, right? It really I, I think is. that's the missing link in mm -hmm. this whole equation or whole picture that's being painted. Like yeah. there's so much good work being done on the legislative side and on the social side to really make cannabis, you know, to put it on the forefront as it should be as we're into the election season and just moving forward. But I think, you know, something that the naysayers may say is that this is not a legitimate medicine in that sense. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get a recommendation, not a prescription, a recommendation. Yep and literally have carte blanche at this dispensary to get almost as much as you'd like. Right. You can get a pound, two pounds a month, depending on where you are. Yep. And you know, as we all know, unless you know, you're Snoop Dogg hanging with the crew in the studio, that's gonna be a lot of cannabis for one individual yeah. user. Yeah, totally. you know? So you know, at this point, I hope, or the future I see for this product's implementation is that let's open up the doors to the responsible medical use, not that people aren't using it responsibly currently necessarily, mm -hmm. but let's quantify this data. Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's understand so that we can get the insurance companies involved because one of the reasons they're not currently is that obviously federally there's a lot of reasons why they're not, but there's no way they can really make money off it right now mm -hmm. because there's no standard application. If I've got a sinus infection, I go to the doctor, I get my 500 milligrams of erythrozyme, excuse me, penicillin, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know how much to take, how many times to take that, and I know that I will feel or my symptoms will be alleviated as a result of that. 
Yeah, and, and if you, just anecdotally, if you talk to people that have had a negative experience with cannabis, it's almost always that they had too much. Couldn't agree more. 100% of the time, I, I talk to people that have limited experience and I say, okay, well, tell me the story. You know, and they say, well, I was with my cousin and he rolled a huge blunt <laughs> and I hit it six times and I thought I was going to lose my mind. Right. All you know? of a sudden, a freight train hit him in the face <laughs> right. and yeah, all of a sudden, exactly. they're high. Exactly, yeah. And, I couldn't uh, agree more. And But it's the same thing, right? If you are... Uh, 17 years old and you never drink an alcohol before, not that we condone that, and you drink a whole fifth of vodka. You're not going to feel too good. You're not going to feel very no. good, right? And just as you alluded to, the shot glass is that unit of measurement. Exactly. And we need the same here. Exactly. And that's what we've created. So tell me a little bit about this process. So seven years in the making. Sure. Uh, after you have that first idea, when do you first sort of start to put things in motion? So essentially... You know, like you said, you know, back in 2009, and it was kind of a, uh, an interesting, uh, you know, dance, I'll call it, to get it to, you know, a prototyping phase and the patent phase. First and foremost, you know, I was still living under my parents' roof. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, the cannabis landscape was very different than it is now. Yep. You know, the laws have changed a great deal, thankfully, in the last six, seven years. Yep. So when I first kind of was, you know, had this, I'll call it a half-baked idea in my bathroom, like... It was tough to kind of, you know, pitch my parents on like, hey, I'm going to build this cannabis product and yeah, yeah, right. uh, don't worry about it. It's going to be great. And did your parents know you were smoking cannabis at the time? At, at this point, they did. They did. Okay. They did. Um, I started becoming, you know, I'll say a habitual user when I was 18 years old yep. um, for a multitude of reasons, obviously. But yeah. I really just preferred it over drinking. You yeah. know, my buddies yeah. would like catch a buzz drinking beer and I'd be on sure. the corner hanging out and yeah. smoking a little blunt, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but you went to them, you pitched this to your parents. I though. did. I did a whole PowerPoint presentation. Like I did this as <laughs> legit. As I could, you know, my dad, you know, he's been known to consume from time to time. My okay, mother, okay. not so much. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it was definitely, you know, and both of them had, you know, had to kind of take a leap to really understand it, though, sure. honestly. You yeah. know, my dad's smoking corncob pipes and it's not really, right. you know, it's old school. He does it the way he, he learned how to do it. And like I said, my mother was never really into that culture. So yeah. it was an interesting bridge to gap. Well, and someone that buys a grinder to begin with has a certain level of usage sure. normally. And then someone in addition that would want to uh, measure how much they're grinding. You've got to be a fairly serious user, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. the, the word serious is interesting because I think they definitely have to be a serious user. And I think serious in terms of the responsibility that they take with their consumption. Yep. Not necessarily like serious as in a heavy, you know, heavy stoner. Like yep. I think that... Like you said, I think we should all be serious users in the sense that yeah. we should all understand how much we're consuming. Yeah. If it's if nothing else, monetarily. Yeah. You know, I mean, you definitely go. monetarily. If you're telling me that that blunt that you rolled, you know, I can save I don't know uh, five or six bucks on that blunt because 100%. depending you know, on how much it is, for sure. on how much it is, hundred like, percent. That's real value. Right? So like me, like I, I unfortunately still enjoy Dutch Masters. That's just my kind of go-to yeah. smokable of choice. Yeah. And I spoken like an East Coaster. Yeah, I, I I try to keep it under the wraps as best I can, but yeah. my my uh, you know my bias does does come out sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I smoke point two. I smoke a quarter gram blunt at night, uh -huh. and that that's my you know depending on the strength. You know, I've got a good Gorilla Glue now back at home, so it's a little stronger than the sour diesel I had, but. Yeah. You know, that quarter gram gets me almost exactly to that level of inebriation that I so desire. Yeah. But don't you find that the wrap is a little heavy? Like the, I mean, you're also smoking yes. tobacco, right? So I, I was looking for a Dutch to bring here, obviously. I wanted to do like a little, like, little oh, tutorial. Here, yeah. 
every once in a while here. Yeah. Um, I really, I, I take a normal like big Dutch mash, like the big gar, yeah. and I cut it in half actually, okay, and I get yeah. two blunts out of the same yeah. cigar. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, the the cannabis to paper ratio is much higher. Yeah. More heavily in the cannabis favor, mm -hmm. but to your point, 100%. Like I'm yeah. trying to. That's my New Year's resolution. We'll say is trying to wean myself off blunts here. Yeah, you got to get um, into the vape, your vape stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. After seeing your last episode with uh, oh, Sabo, I got to get on my yeah. vape exhale, yeah. man. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Luxury experience. Seriously. I got uh, something to look forward to. Yeah. But if you have a vape XL or you're interested in one, you also need the luxury grinder here, right? I mean, there. I haven't seen anything quite like it. Uh, is there another grinder uh, scale in the world? So there is not one that's integrated okay. when it comes to cannabis. So okay. there was a curtain patent when we applied for that was for a food processor uh -huh. that actually weighed and then ground the material. Uh, I see. So our for like coffee. Or, for coffee yeah. or any kind of you know vegetable material, honestly. Yeah. Um, so our kind of whole angle when the patent office came back and said, okay, now re-explain why yours is different than this patent. Mm -hmm. We said, well, we, our, our reverse is opposite. Right. So we grind them in way. Right. So that was kind of our... I'm not going to say loophole, but that was our, our entry into yeah, the yeah, intellectual property space. You know, yeah. I also exactly. find that the, the more commercial uh, scales that are for food and things, they're not granular enough. No. Right? Exactly. So, like, you can't weigh 0.2. No. It basically starts Point at a two gram. ounces, maybe. Right. Yeah, 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 sure. Point so I, I totally agree. So that's yeah. why this, and we made sure that this measures to the hundredth of a gram. So it's essentially as accurate as just about any scale you'll buy in any kind of smoker head shop. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, it's the only one of its kind. You know, there's a current grinder scale that's just two separate units that come into a fake soda can. Okay. To make it, I guess, stealthy. Right, right, which, right. But they're you know, not really integrated. No, it's not integrated at yeah. all. Um, and that's why the, I, I've, I've, you know, I use mine every single day. Yeah. And you know, the first Grail I ever sold was at the Cannabis Cup in Michigan uh, earlier this year, Got or it. last summer, I should say now. And I texted the the person who bought it just to check in and see how they're doing. You know, I was obviously anxious as the inventor to see how it was in its application. He goes, thank you so much. I now know that 0.35 grams is my perfect dose. Wow, yeah. And that's a medical marijuana patient yeah. out of Northern Michigan. Wow. So not to say that this has changed his life, but, no, but it's a certain, tool. It's, it's a, a tool. tool. Yeah, it's a, exactly. This is an apparatus that can really better someone's uh, medical application. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the, the manufacturing of it. I mean, hardware is hard. Right, traditionally. <laughs> and uh, tell me, why is it so hard? I mean, this is clearly a new category of sure. device, right? Sure. So I can only speak, this is my first kind of foray into the manufacturing yeah. world. So yeah. I kind of was learning as I go. Yeah. Um, the, the real issues that we faced was, was really trying to pack so much, um, so much, so many of these processes into one unit. So it's kind of a tight space in this 2.75 inch diameter to yeah. fit the scale, the two, the two pouring chambers, mm -hmm. um, the reservoir tray, the keef catcher. You know, we really did our best to make it as, as economical as economical as we could, and that, that was the biggest issue. Oh yeah, where was the keef catcher? So so you... yeah, so you pop open the large door. Okay. To access yeah. the reservoir tray. Got it. Reservoir tray. And then you notice the oh, line, which okay. lines up, and you can simply unscrew. And what's cool is that if you wanted to replace a screen, which is kind of the new fab with grinders, you can buy a brand new one of these right on our website, which uh, screws right back on top. Uh, Super easy. And and is this are these parts were any of them developed or you had to start sort of from some scratch from None of these were OEM. Yeah, these were all Got kind it. of one off OEM. parts. That's, that's yeah, what I was these are all for. one off yeah. parts. Um, that's it. why it was so important, you know, I'd say to anyone that's looking to create a product out there, yeah. find the right engineer. Yeah. Um, and not just the right one, it, it's someone that you need to be able to translate your thoughts to because mm -hmm. I don't have an engineering background. 
So it was really tough for me to find not only someone who's ever seen a grinder before that's an engineer, but to really convey all this kind of crazy stuff that I wanted to smash into this one product. Yeah. You know, he told me, my, my, my buddy Anthony, who was my engineer, told me along the way, like, essentially you're kind of crazy if you're trying to fit all this stuff into this one unit. Like, it's it just, the, the thresholds are very small. Mm -hmm. uh, but thankfully with, you know, the fortitude between me and him and our perseverance, you know, we were able to get a product to the market that I I'm proud of. You know, it, it functions exactly the way that it's advertised mm -hmm. and I would not put it on the shelves otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we stand by our product uh, completely. So take me through the economics a little bit. What What's your cost here uh, and then what do you sell it for? So our cost is, you know, between, you know, it's in the low $20 range. Uh, our wholesale price is right around 45 to $50 depending on the volume. And we, we, we found that typically, you know, these smoke shops, head shops, dispensers like to get their keystone markup, meaning, you know, just twice markup. Yeah. So, you know, they then flip it around for 90 bucks yeah. and we've had no resistance at all. I mean, essentially, you know, when people ask me my competitors, you know, I referenced the Santa Cruz Shredders, the Space Cases, the Compton Grinders. You know, I, I'm an owner of those products. They're all great products. Mm -hmm. I'll be the first mm -hmm. to tell you. Yep. However, for that same price point, because all those aforementioned grinders are 85 to $100, mm -hmm. you get what you pay for. But essentially, for the same price point at a $90 retail price. You're also getting a scale. You get a scale plus the two pour spouts as well. Right, right, right. Which is something that seems to be the most kind of eye-catching. You know, people are definitely kind of wowed or kind of interested or more intrigued with the grinder scale portion. Mm -hmm. But when they see you can pour it just directly out, it, they just kind of get excited for whatever reason. Got you know, it. it's just something that's an additional unique feature that there's been one or two grinders that have kind of showcased that feature, but they've kind of drifted away as time has gone. And so at the wholesale market, we're talking about dispensaries mainly or, or head shops. So right now, like being in a non-medical marijuana recognized state, you know, it's interesting when I go in to pitch my product at these smoke shops because I can't reference cannabis. I can't reference marijuana or anything of the like. You'll literally get kicked out of the shop for yep. all you people that have been in. I've non experienced that before. Yeah, it's very strange. It, it's it's strange. You say the B word yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, right, you're right. out. It's a water pipe. Man. Oh, it's man. Like, pipe. you know, I went to school at Indiana University for my okay. first year and yeah. I said bong the first, and they would not. They said 24 hours. I had to wait to come back in. <laughs> now, I don't know if they just made that up. <laughs> made that rule. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. But I, I was banned for 20. The first the only place I've ever been banned. Thankfully, it was only 24 hours. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's it just really an interesting pitch when I go to these states that just aren't really kind of caught up yet. Yeah, yeah. You know? Sure. Uh, so uh, $45 to the wholesaler. What's the breakdown in percentage between you know what you sell direct versus uh, direct to consumer? Yeah, exactly. So right now, it's about 10% online sales direct to consumer, okay. about 90% in the head shop. Um, we're really trying to to flip that now at this point, mainly because th there is definitely an educational piece when it comes to the Grail. Like yeah. people aren't going into head shops and asking for the Grail by name, right. not yet at least. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's a matter of you know if we can control the content, whether it's on our Instagram at the Grail G R A L E or on our website bluntventures.com. You know we we control all of the media that gets out on that, and we control all the information. I don't controlling the media sounds. Not the right word. We control the information. Content, yeah. We, content, thank you. So we control that content. So we can really tailor it and, and really um, be the most efficient and effective in the educational piece mm -hmm. when we are, you know, producing that content sure. ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's a demonstration type product, right? I mean, that's, definitely. That's really, and the there's way only, you know, I, I can't, you know, I, I'm very confident in my pitch, but you know, there's only, you know, it, it, it's tough to convey a product when you're not passionate about it and it's not your baby in that yeah. sense too. You know, so it's tough to find people that. 
um, share that same passion. I mean, not only does their education piece, but the economics are far better if you're selling it direct to consumer, right? Definitely. No so, question. I, I mean, I see that as the big growth here, right? Because I think you're going to continue to come up against the big players in the grinder space when you go into head shops and dispensaries, right? Definitely. Uh, but uh, what, what's sort of the strategy going going forward? You know, I mean, how do you increase that? that uh, so, you know, direct? we've really gone hard on social media in the last kind of two to three weeks. Yeah. You know, this is all, we're, we're kind of learning as we go here, to yeah. be perfectly frank. Um, so our social media, Instagram has been the most... Um, influential, I'd say, okay. in terms of feedback from users and just active user base. Yeah. Mass Roots has been awesome as well, yeah. and we've worked yeah. very closely with the guys at Mass Roots. Yeah. They're awesome, awesome guys, and I know you guys are going to start working with them as well. Yeah, yeah, no, we've had a bunch of calls with uh, with Mass Roots. Isaac will be on the show before too long, whenever scheduling gets done. Sure. Yeah, I mean, great guys, and that's another great portal because talk about a target market. I mean, that's as targeted as, as any market could be. Is like sure, you yeah. know, everyone's consuming cannabis on yeah. that, that portal, especially for a product like this. Definitely, right? I um, mean, this is like uh, for sure. Yeah, um, very cool, man. This is uh, I love to hear your sort of entrepreneurial spirit here, Thank right? You. Because you had a vision, and your vision is here. Your vision is here, and it does 100% work. I don't know that it's for absolutely everyone, but I think you've, you've found a niche here. I hope so. That's really, really compelling. Uh, just back to the growth stuff for a second here. Like, uh, how is it in terms of advertising? So a lot of the social networks are very anti-cannabis, sure. right? Facebook and, and Twitter and Google AdWords, et cetera. It's very difficult. Technically, you don't sell a cannabis product, right? And that's kind of the beauty of this whole thing here in that yeah. sense is that by having utility patent, in a sense, Uncle Sam is kind of giving me a seal of approval in that ah, sense, ah. at least in my yeah. vision, in my view of the situation. Um, so you do have to be careful the way you market it, certainly. And the fact that I still am in a non-legal state, you know, is definitely even more reason to kind of tread lightly. Yeah. Um, I'm moving to Denver in less than a month, actually. Okay. So all my cool. operations will be moved, thankfully, to a yeah. legally recognized state. Yeah. I'm very excited. And why Denver? You know, Denver, having been there four times in the last handful of months for, for mostly Grail-related stuff or trade shows and other friends that are there, it seems to kind of be the, the epicenter of that really recreational movement. Um, obviously, there's a heavy medical marijuana movement there, but the fact that they were, you know, them and Washington were, were kind of the uh, the canaries, if you will, uh, to kind of, sh you know, blaze that trail, yep. no pun intended. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, I'm really kind of proud to be a part of that community, honestly, yep. being, yep. you know, they were there first. And, yep. and they were the ones, like I said, really paving the way in, in the fully legal, fully recreational yep. market. Yep. Because um, that's what I see this. I see this obviously as a medical avenue for you know the serious medical patients, as you mentioned. But I see it in an even bigger opportunity in the rec side because, like you mentioned earlier, if, you know you talk to people who have little experience with cannabis. You know, a lot of times the people who have had negative experience just have mm -hmm. too much, yeah. and they just don't sure. know whether it's an edible or, or a smokable. And then they don't ever want to try again. Exactly. Right? So yeah. we're deterring a future client essentially or a future consumer. Not because it's unsafe or any of the reasons that are, some of the politicians want to say. They just had too much to start. Yeah, sure. Like I did the first time I consumed alcohol. You know, I haven't had Jack Daniels since then. You know, <laughs> it's still got that weird flavor in my mouth. Is that your that. drink? Everybody has a drink they can't drink. Yeah, right? Jack is that drink. Yeah. A lot of people with tequila. Yeah. See, I love tequila. That's why I'm like so ass backwards when it comes to I that. Do. I also um, love Jack though. So anyway. Teach their own. Teach, teach their, their own. own. <laughs> um, but when it comes to that recreational market, it's like. I really see this as, you know, I see that 18 or 21 and older responsible adult coming to this marketplace, obviously in the four states currently plus DC and more to come. Um, but I don't want a barrier to entry being them not knowing how much to consume. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I think it's really important that if someone wants to try cannabis as a responsible adult, A, good for you as you should, I think, being a plant that's been used for thousands of years now in multiple cultures, but now you've got an apparatus to really help you understand and to really give you that that sense of ease that, okay, you're not gonna have too much. Yep. Like, you're gonna start with 0 0.05 grams, right. you're gonna wait five minutes, and go from there. Yep. Because when you do that, you know, even if 0 0.05 is a little too much, maybe they're a little uneasy, they're not gonna have that, you know, that red alert experience that they're never gonna wanna try it again. Mm -hmm. yep. at, at least in my mind, you know? No, I think it's very important. I think it's very important. Hopefully, enough people realize that and take the time to dose uh, adequately. Uh, let's talk about the future for, sure. for a minute here. Uh, you must have plans for what the next uh, the grail grinder will look like. Definitely. Tell us about it a little bit. If so, you, if you yeah, can. without giving you too many yeah, details, um, we are near um, a new deal with a manufacturer, design and manufacturing firm out of New York, which I'm super excited about. These guys are incredible. Mm -hmm. um, so now linked up with, you know, this, you know, expert team of professional designers and professional sourcing and logistics, you know, that allows me, like, while I'm very happy with the product we came up with, I can kind of give them this product and say, okay, let's let's make this Lexus and do a Ferrari, you know, because there's always something to improve. Yep. Um, you know, we're gonna be upgrading the material. You know, we're gonna be changing the teeth design slightly because as we you know as we progress in technology, as with grinders and pipes mm -hmm. and vaporizers, there are more efficient ways to do it as we go along. Yep. So we're gonna be tweaking as we go uh, to really make this the most efficient grinder on the market. Yep. I mean, I'm not trying to make any bold claims, but I know that the team that we put together, there's no reason why we can't do that. Yep. Um, it's just a matter of us, you know, doing the proper testing. And and what kind of capital do you think it's going to take to, to get you there? Um, you know, to be honest, when it comes to revamping the grail, it's tough to put an exact dollar amount on yeah. it, honestly. And that's kind of the beauty of, of these new partners. And that's why it's so important to find the right partners to kind of fill your gaps because I'm comfortable selling it. I'm comfortable marketing this product. I'm not an expert manufacturer, so sure. these guys can, can take this process, not only make it a better product, but more efficiently produced as mm -hmm. well. So when you make something more efficiently and you've got pricing power with hundreds of thousands of other products that they already produce, all of a sudden yeah, our quality do, goes up and our cost goes down. Do you have a concept for, for how much you could get that cost down? Yeah, I, I think reasonably we can get it down, you know up to 20% mm -hmm. um, without changing the volume drastically. Got it. You know, because we're a pretty low volume play right now. Yeah. I mean, being, you know, we're, this is simply, you know, I'm not going to say proven the concept. I think we've, we've done a good job of doing that, but we're, we're, we're in that infant stage of sales right now, of yeah. growth. You know, so we're really looking to find every avenue possible. To yeah, you make told me it. you've sold like 800 or we've so? We've sold 850 But only so far. since October, correct? Yeah, I mean, we, we've had and almost zero marketing dollars yeah. as well. So, we, right. you know, other than social media, you know, there's been you know, no magazine ads or no, you know, other than being at trade shows and me just kind of hawking people. Right. It's like, hey, can I introduce you to the grail? And the guy's like, what the hell is a grail? Right, right, and he right. comes over. So all right. of a sudden I got 30 seconds yeah. to give him my shtick. And have you checked out like any Google AdWords or anything like that? Like, you know, grinder scale. Like, is yeah. that getting a lot of traffic? Or? To be honest, that's the avenue we're looking down right now. Yeah, so sure. I've got an old buddy from high school who yeah. works in the uh, digital ad world. Yeah. And he is now being, ta not tasked, he, he's nice enough to help us out to kind of look into it yeah. and to really kind of lay aid. Because like I said, you know, the whole digital marketing thing, like I, I don't mean to sound like a grandpa, but like, I'm just not that up with it, it's honestly. It's not you, like, yeah. No, like I, I can do the social media, but when it comes to AdWords and really anything beyond that social media platform, you know, it's, 
it's kind of beyond me. Like, I, I'm literally... Oh, hey, it's you know, a technical skill, man. It really it is. is. Yeah. And that's something that I think it's important to know what you're good at yeah. and know what you're not. Yeah. So it's not it's something that anyone can learn that, I guess. It's just a matter... It's deprivation of time. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, something to certainly consider when you go out raising money is, is to find an investor that has that expertise, right? I feel like I'm on Shark Tank right now, but you know, like has that <laughs> Mr. expertise, right? Yeah, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that has that expertise, right? Then it can supply you with someone that maybe has that digital exactly. admin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it sounds like you got that friend. That's that's good. Yeah. Stuff. Hopefully, hopefully, that's good stuff. So I mean, it's the kind of thing we're being so young and in such a new space that we're just trying to leave no stone unturned. We're just trying to throw as much as we can at the wall and see what sticks. Yep. And that's kind of the beauty of this kind of startup phase that we're in is that we can see what works and what doesn't. Yep. And if it doesn't, you drop it and you go on to the next thing. Got it. Just yeah. a matter of being kind of athletic in that sense and kind of rolling with the punches. You got to fail fast. Oh, man. That's really the, well, yeah. it's inevitable. Yep. You know, I always heard people, whether it's in athletics or business, saying, you know, until they hit that, that kind of pivot point or that failure where they're kind of looking at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, do I still have enough in the tank? I mean, yep. that's, there's truth to that. Yep. But again, like you said, it's just a matter of fail quickly. Yeah. How quickly do you get up? Totally. So you're raising money currently or you have enough for, for today? What's, so, what's your runway look like? So right now we're looking pretty good. Um, thankfully, you know, our biggest cost right now is manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we've got these new partners coming in, mm -hmm. hopefully, um, a lot of that, those costs will be mitigated, you know, by that partnership. Mm -hmm. um, so it won't be a necessarily cash for equity deal. It'll be more of, you know, more of a barter deal in that sense that they'll be taking care of X, Y, and Z while I can really focus on, you know, A and B, you yeah. know, the marketing and sales. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much of a, of a cash deal that we're looking for. It's yeah. really kind of what kind of value can you provide us? Um, and let's find a way to make it work. Totally. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, when you do start raising money, uh, please come back and, and talk to us. Can't wait. We've gotten kind of good uh, helping people <laughs> do that. So, uh, yeah. So we've come to my absolute favorite part of the show. Okay. Uh, where we talk about sort of your personal cannabis use. We've talked about it a little bit already. Okay. I know you like blunts. You like Dutch masters, right? I you do. and Jada Kiss. That's, I think that's it in the world. <laughs> New Yorker. Uh, <laughs> New Yorker, yeah. Uh, so, but what kind of strains do you like? Are you indica guy? Are you sativa yeah. guy? Um, so really, you know, again, not being in a legal state, my hands are kind of tied sometimes. Yep. Um, but in an ideal world, I Well, really, you're moving to Denver, man. Yes. So, so in an ideal world next month, in, in the very not so distant future, um, sour diesel is my favorite strain okay. by yeah. far. Um, forget the New York aspect that I'm from New York. I mean, it, it's something about, I, you can just recognize that funk. Anywhere. Is Sour Diesel a New York strain? Is it, that New York? Yeah, I believe it's got its roots in New York City. I believe. Don't quote me. On yeah, that. no. Sorry. Well, that that's part we'll of the problem. Nobody really knows either, right? I guess. Yes. I mean, there's probably fifty thousand different strains oh, of of Sour Diesel all exactly, around the country, exactly, right? Exactly. Uh, so now, I, I'm pretty sure the the guy who created the strain initially lives in Denver now. I'm I, I thought it was from New York. You've done your research. What's well, your favorite? It's friend of a friend of a friend. You know, it's all this uh, small net. You know, it's such a small world. Well, if you let me know, if you find out, let me know. Definitely. Very curious. De we'll do a follow up on that. Got it. So uh, Sour Diesel. Sour Diesel and blunts. Pretty exclusively, you said at night you're rocking a blunt. But at a night at nighttime, you smoke a sativa blunt. Is that so? So let me let me yeah. So my favorite strain overall, sour diesel. Like I said, there, there's something about that unique flavor and smell that you just I just yep. just resonates with me. Okay. Um, when it, at night, definitely heavy indica. I mean, I love that pre ninety eight Bubba Kush. Uh -huh. um, you know, heavy CBD. Uh -huh. That really kind of, you know, even just a dab of that pre-98 bub. I'm not a huge dabber, but mm. when I can get my hands yeah. on some concentrate. Yeah, uh, I ca I'm super on the fence about the concentrates, right? Because, like, in I'll... In terms of dabbing, you're saying? Yeah, in terms of dabbing. Like, you know, I'll smoke a, 
uh, vape pen or something like that, you know, oil. Uh, but the actual dab is really intense, man. It feels like a different substance. To yeah, me. so like, like to that point, like I, I really don't do it often. Yeah. I really enjoy the act of smoking something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but dabbing feels more hardcore. It is. Um, you know, when you get the torch out, if you don't have an email, because I don't have an email. The torch. I, I'm not going to make any direct insinuations, but the torch is just not a good look. No, no, um, no. And like... My dad visited me one time, you know, a couple months ago, and I'm like, Dad, like, you should try this dab. And I brought the, he goes, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I kind of agree, though. Like, yeah, dabbing no. is cool, and there's a time and a place for everything, yeah, honestly. Sure. Um, but it's not my cup of tea, personally. Sure. Good stuff, man. I don't know where else uh, better to leave it there. You want to plug some stuff? Bluntventures.com, right? Yeah, so you can find the grail at bluntventures.com. Uh, it's $79.99 plus shipping, flat rate, $10 shipping. We ship internationally as well. We've got seven colors to choose from. We've got the green, the gold, the black, the silver, the red, the blue. We could show some. And pink as well. Um, you know, we're just really excited to be here. Thank you so much for letting us come on and kind of. Thanks for coming, man. Great uh, to meet you. It. it was so a much. lot of fun. Ah, Hopefully, you had a good time. And uh, thank you guys for watching. Check us out. I mean, just everywhere content is consumed. So, investingcannabis.tv, that's our website, but also Twitter. Instagram, Mass Roots. We're making that big push on Mass Roots. Isaac, I hope you're watching this right now. <laughs> and I'll see you in a month or so. Uh, thanks again for watching, guys. I'll see you next time.